William Eastman here, Program Manager for Owner Life Radio, your resource for making the business perform to its capacity, growing it to the next level, and then renewing it. Uh, today's show is in partnership with Green Industry Pros Magazine and the Green Mark Group, and it's the fifth in our series uh, for landscape business owners. And the series has been around quit making the labor crunch worse. So today's show you know, focuses on so what if you actually could work in landscaping? Should you be working for me? And so let me take it from there. Uh, so let me overview what we're going to be doing. First of all, let me talk quickly about the last four uh, last four shows we did. We started off by um, getting at one of the key issues of attracting people to a business, and that is, what is your business reputation? What, how are you known in the community? Because uh, there are times when your reputation will determine who will or who will not apply. Now, most small business uh, owners, landscape owners specifically, um, don't have much of a reputation in the community. Uh, so let's hope that that's the situation as opposed to others uh, where you have a negative reputation. I, one of the, my last turnaround businesses, uh, we had such a bad reputation in the market, I basically couldn't hire local because everybody knew, oh, no, I'm not going to work for them. We put an ad up. We couldn't put our name in there. So part of this is what has your brand been saying about you in the community? What reputation have you had? We did that in Article 1. And if you go to our website at Blog Talk Radio, which is hosting this, um, you can hit the link there to see that article in Green Industry Pros Magazine. Uh, Our second one was that you really have to have an understanding of the job before you hire. Now, that seems like common sense, but the reality is, as is always the case with common sense, it's not too common. And what this, this is about, you basically have got to do three things if you're going to get on top of understanding a position. One is you've got to map whatever flow. In other words, if somebody is working on a mowing crew, what's the flow for mowing? What's that process look like? And it's critical that you map out the process and say, uh, if we're going to do this correctly, this is how it should be done. Then you turn those into standard operating procedures, and you put them in a, you know, put them in a folder, put them in the truck. People can look at those and go, okay, this is the way the job needs to be done. Now, initially, people are going to have to look at it on some frequent basis. Long term, it's going to become a habit. But the deal is, if you're not in the truck, how do you make sure that what they're doing in the, uh, what they're doing in the field is the right thing? Then, once you've done those two, then you can put together a position description. Say okay now, if I am if I'm the crew leader on a mowing team, what's my role? If I'm a technician, I'm just the guy riding the mower. What's my position? And what's critical here is that you take the elements from those standard operating procedures to make sure it's plugged in, and this is your way of getting coverage to make sure that if this is all the steps required to do the job correctly, that it is owned at least by one person, and perhaps several people have the responsibility. The other thing that goes on to the position description are things like, well, what, what do you need to know in order to be able to do this job? What do you need to be able to do uh, skill-wise to do the job? And then number three, are there any uh, certifications? It could be professional certifications, or it could be as, as simple as a driver's license. But what else do you need to have? Now, the criticality of that is this. Once you've done that, You've come up with something that is very accurate in terms, of what, in terms of what the job demands. That is what, when you go out to write your ads, which is what we did, okay, um, in Article 4. 
So once I have that, then you've got to say to yourself, okay, how do I, how do I structure this? Because Article 3 was about which is harder, figuring out what you want or spotting the BS that goes on. Because let's face it, all resumes are lies. Um, you've written enough of them to know that, yeah, there is truth in there, but you'll also expand that information out uh, to fit what you think the, the, they're looking for in the job. If you want the job, you're going to write the resume to fit the job. And so what we do is we talk about how do you set up a process to figure out exactly what it is that you need for that position. So we take this whole thing of knowledge, skills, and certifications to the next step. And then Article 4 was um, how do I really write a help-wanted ad without attracting rental winos? And what happens to a lot of us when we're hiring people at this level is that I come into my office, I put an ad out there, I say, show up, you know, basically we're going to have a casting call. I'm going to interview people, and I walk into my office or the, or into my <laughs> into my garage, and it looks like a police lineup. And I'm like, oh, how the hell? There's there may be a keeper in here, but I'm not so sure. So that's what we've done with the other articles, is that we've taken you through this process. And now today, this one is about okay. So I now know, I now know what I'm looking for, and so how do I basically set up the job interview so that I can get the right type of people coming to work for me. So we're going to hit on three, we're going to hit on three issues here. I, the, uh, the first issue is how do I set up the interview? Okay. How do I build a script that says, all right, when somebody comes in, this is the process I want to take them through. And then number two, we, we've got to do the interview itself. So how do I do that? What's, what's the process that I want to use to set up my uh, job interview so that I don't give away the store. And that is really one of the fundamental issues uh, that I have seen time and time and time again is this. Uh, we in our, and a lot of people are nervous about doing these interviews, or we're really proud of our companies and we want to talk, you know, at, at, at great lengths about, well, here, here is what we've done and this is who we are. You know, we kind of, we're almost like we're trying to impress them. And what the deal really is, is that we give it away. We tell them everything that they need to know in order to get the job. And then so I, so then you wonder why after I've hired them and I go, well, gee, I, this guy isn't working out. How'd that happen? Well, it's pretty, it's pretty simple how that happened is I told them what to say in the interview. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. And then finally, we're going to end up on after the interview, what are some of the things that you need to do so that you can get the right candidate, how do I deal with the documentation I have, et cetera. So those are the three areas that we're going to cover, and we're going to kind of cover those in the next 15 minutes. So let's, t let's start with number one. We're talking about the um, pre-work, okay? I, would har I hardly recommend that if you can have other people join you in the interview process, especially if um, you're not hiring for, say, a foreman position, but you're going to be hiring uh, just somebody in a technical role, a labor role, who's going to manage that individual? And I would have somebody in there. I definitely, if I'm not managing them directly, they're going to be working for, say, a leader, a crew leader, or a foreman. I'd have that person in there, okay, because I want multiple opinions, but also is that I want other people to own this, okay? It's, the second thing I want to make sure, I mean, this seems like common sense, but it doesn't happen a lot, is that I want to confirm the logistics for the interview 
and the location, okay? Just to make sure we're all on the same page about, okay, I've got this person coming at this time, and I've got this person coming at that time, and we're going to do the interview in this location and have all that mapped out, okay? Um, I would review the ads that you've written of the and the position descriptions. In other words, if I just did an ad campaign for a, through a portal, say, uh, landscapingjobs.com, I want to go back over and review what I wrote because as fast as the typical day goes, um, I probably have forgotten exactly the details in there. And I may have said something specific in my ad um, that I might want to go back around and take a look at. And so what I want to do is I want to have that and I want to have the position description materials there because I want to make sure that I'm looking at the job itself because that's really what the focus of the interview is. Um, some other things is I want to make sure that we're in a location where nobody's going to step in and interrupt us. I'm going to turn off my cell phone, etc. I want to get this done. Okay. And then you have the resume, as we talked about in one of the earlier articles, is that we've asked everybody to submit a one-page resume that specifically addresses knowledge, skills, and certifications. In other words, where have you worked? What have you done? And I want to look at that because somebody's work habits, their pattern of employment is critical to me, okay? So that what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to have all that in front of me so I'm well organized so the interview is crisp. I focus on what I need to do and I move forward with it. Okay, so now the interview steps. All right, so let me talk about this from two perspectives. One is kind of how do I want to go through this and then also number two is what are some of the questions I want to ask? Obviously, you want to greet the candidate, want to come in, make them comfortable and relax. That's important because I want to see them in that mode. I also want to disarm them a little bit because if, in fact, they're really wired and they want the job, uh, that's good. I want somebody in there who wants a job because never forget that it never looks any better than it does in the job interview in terms of attitude. But also, I want to I want, and I want to get real information out of the individual, and typically I need to get some, some, some sort of relaxed uh, relaxation from them. Uh, I want to describe to them what the interview process is, okay, and emphasize you're going to be taking notes. So you, you want to take all the stuff around them and, and talk about that and then get those distractions anyway. Um, I would also at this point, if you've got any questions about their eligibility, the ability to do the job, in other words, when you looked at the resume, looked at the materials, almost always there's a series of questions you want to ask. Um, it's a good time right then uh, to ask those questions. Okay. Now, what I want to emphasize here is that this is where most business owners and landscapers are no different than any other small business owners blow it start, you get diarrhea of the mouth, you start talking, and what you basically do is you tell them in the first five minutes what they got to say to you in order to get the job, and that is what we cannot have happen, okay? So here's what I would do. Once you've got any questions in the resume answered, say, see, I noticed that you, you, know, you did this and this. Just expand upon that. Here's what I want to take the, uh, where I want to take the conversation. I want to open up by saying, okay, um, I want you to talk about what you've learned since you've been working. Get them talking about their career and what has been their experience with prior employers, both good and bad, okay? And focus why, on why it was positive or negative and what they've learned. 
So here is what I would ask somebody. I said, as you think back over the last, let's say somebody's been in the job world for five years, I would say to them, okay, let's, let's think back over the last five years and everybody that you worked for at every place you worked. Uh, what was the most positive experience you had so far? And why is that most positive you've had? And get them talking. Now, the beauty of this is you haven't told them squat. Other than what was in the job ad, you haven't told them anything. And if they start, as this interview starts, if they start asking questions about it, say, oh, hold on, we'll get to those. Uh, but I want to start with my questions. So you've got this situation where you're not going to tell them what, they, what you want to hear. You got them in kind of an interesting dilemma because I'm, I'm not accusing people of being liars or lying all the time. But what I am going to say about that is that people will say to you what you want to hear if they want the job. And now by not telling them what I want to hear, but actually asking them about their job experiences and what they think, you've got a situation where if I don't know what I need to say, and probably telling the truth is the smartest maneuver. So I want to hear about that positive experience and why um, it was positive. Then I want to follow up with the question of, well, what did you learn from the experience? What did that teach you? And this, again, you haven't told them what to say, so you're now going to get a real um, clear image of how they think and who they are. Okay, and this should take three, four minutes. Then I would turn around and I would say, okay, let's go to the other side of that. What is the most negative experience you've had on the job so far and why? And this is even going to be more instructive because my guess is the positive one doesn't have as much emotion tied to it as the negative one. And, of course, once they go through that, then what did they learn um, from the experience? Now, be careful here uh, about asking, interrupting them and asking too many questions because you want to get on a flow. But I'm gonna, I want to recommend to you the, the technique that I've learned over the years in quality, which works very good in the interview, is when somebody says why, then you say to them, gee, that's interesting. Why did, why did you feel that way? And then they'll say, da, 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 and you say, gee, that's interesting, and why is that? And what you can do by asking why two or three times is that you can, you can basically get at the core of what's going on. Now, how many positive experiences or negative experiences do you have to um, offer you? Uh, I don't know. I, I would go at least two and two. Now, they're talking from their past. They now should be very, very relaxed, and you're going to learn incredible insights about them. You're going to hear things that are either going to go, God, this guy's a great match for this organization, or... My God, um, if I could end the interview now, I would. And so by doing this, the most important thing to consider here, if you don't use my questions, develop your own. But the most important thing is at the beginning of the interview, you do not want to tell them anything about the job and the company that will give them the ability to go, aha, so when I get asked the question, here's how I answer it. All right, now, once I'm done with this, then I've got, if I've got real questions about the previous employer, okay, and so, for example, I'll go, gee, I noticed that you worked for uh, Acme Landscaping for six years, uh, and then you left two months ago. What happened? Well, after six years, why did you leave? Um, or it could be that 
Gee, I've noticed that you worked uh, for four months, and then you had six months off where you didn't work, and then you were back, and you worked another six months. Uh, tell me about that. And so what this is going to give you um, is some sense of their their view of work and their commitment to, to basically uh, an organization that they work with. Uh, for somebody, it may be, well, you know, it was baseball season, and I'm on a semi-pro team, and so you know I'm working, and it's good exercise. But then I've got you know, I've got these other responsibilities. Well, you got a guy who is using the job, there's nothing wrong with that, using the job to, to stay in shape and make a few bucks, but uh, basically he's not really committed and he's going to leave you uh, when the season's over. Now, if that's fine and that's what you're looking for, great, you just got a match. However, if you're looking to develop somebody as a quality employee, uh, you might want to pass on them. Uh, you, want to may, you also want to ask him about, okay, um, what intrigued you about our offer? Now, what you've done up till now is that you've got them to relate some experiences, positive and negative, and why and what they learned. So you've got some insights into them. Now you've talked about their work history, okay? And so you've got a, a pretty good sense now of, of how they work and, and what their work habits are. Okay, now I want to do is ask two other questions, and then we'll get into more of a dialogue. What intrigued them about the offer? And when they saw the ad, why? Did they go, gee, I'd like to work for them. And so you get to hear, again, some information about what is motivating them. And since you haven't played your hand, you haven't said, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're a Christian company, you know, we're God-centered, which a lot of companies are, small business owners, bring their faith to work. Uh, or, or it could be that I, I love climbing trees. I'm an arborist. There's nothing I love more than being a tree all day. Well, then you just told me what I need to say. And so what I want to hear from them, without them knowing what I want to hear, their views of, well, I, I saw the ad and I needed money. Uh, that's one answer. I saw the job and you, man, I am so sick of living in the cube, working in the cube, staring at a computer screen. I want to get outside and work with my hands in the weather. Totally different. And then the last one on this is, if you were hired, if you get the job, what are your expectations of us? And I want to hear what they expect. I want to hear what they expect about the job itself. Um, and I also want to hear about the what they expect the organization. And what this is going to tell you is the amount of overlap or disparity between reality and what they want. Because if somebody says, well, you know, I'm, uh, my expectation of the job is that it's going to be 9 to 5, and at 5 o'clock I'll get to go home, and uh, there's not going to be any overtime. Well, you, you know what? You already know what the answer to this is, is that you know, you're lucky if you work a 50-hour week and you're done. You know, especially during the season. And so this will give you some sense of how, how real their view of what's happening uh, is and how much work you got to do uh, to bring that in alignment. Because a lot of times uh, what will happen is, is that their expectations are so out of touch, you just say to yourself, there is no way, absolutely no way um, that uh, I, can, I can bring this person into the fold. Okay, so at this point, You've conveyed nothing. Now it's time for you to talk about the company, okay? And so I would recommend that one is you talk about your vision. What What is it that you see the company doing? Where's the company been? What is it trying to accomplish? Uh, how do we do business? You talk about what are some of the requirements for the job. So you now you begin to align expectations. You can talk about your pay and benefit package. You know how does that work? If there's any bonus um, 
that the, uh, that you pay for performance uh, or commissions? What is that? And then finally, uh, what are their opportunities to grow as individuals? Okay. And so now you're informing them. And if this is the time when you're looking for a two-way dialogue and what questions they have of you. And that'll be telling. Not, not, not just what answers you give them, but what questions they ask. Okay. So by getting this, think about where we've been here is that without talking about the other shows about, you know, how to, how to figure out exactly what you want to hire and then how to write the ads. So that the people are waiting outside your door to look like a police lineup. This is really the question of, all right, how do I structure an interview where I can get as close to the truth as possible and eliminate as much BS as possible so I can find somebody who is suitable somebody who fits either the organization, my company, or fits the particular work group, okay? Close out the meeting, tell them you appreciate your time, their time, and that give them the deadline of when you'll be talking, uh, you'll be letting people know and say, okay, you'll hear from me by the end of the week, okay? Um, and with that, close out the meeting. Now, the big thing here is that everybody in that room who's in there with you, and I'm assuming you at least got one person in there, has been taking notes and they have their own impressions. Um, unless you have no other um, interviews that day, I would recommend just bring in the next person and do not discuss this individual here. Put that aside and move on to the next one, okay? So let's say that the you've interviewed everybody, you know, you've had three or four today and then you get together and say, okay, let's go through our notes and let's let's make sure that they're complete and make sure that everybody, do you have anybody in here have any questions or any holes? And you say, well, you know, I didn't get a, on, uh, on uh, Bill when he was in for the interview. I didn't get a good sense of where Bill was on this issue here. And somebody else may have done a better job of taking notes. So what you want to do is just make sure that you got this locked down. Um, then any questions that they've got uh, or confusions about what happened in the meeting, you get some clarity, okay? Now, here's what you do next. You have each person in that room take out a piece of paper, or they got a piece of paper, and have them rank order um, the candidates. Okay, we saw four people today. Rank order them. Number one is the top person. Number four or five is the bottom person. And have them do that independently, not together. The second step is say, okay, now I want you on that piece of paper to draw a line. That's what we would call the cut. And how far down the list would you go in terms of who you would hire? And so if you interviewed four people, if there's nobody, there's no cut. They would just say none of them. Uh, if they're happy with three of the four, it, it, they would put the go, no-go line under the third name. Okay. And so what you've done here is that now you've got a sense of who are the people that we want to discuss and who are the people we don't want to. At that point, then what you do is then you share the list and you say, okay, let's talk about each individual. Now, if they're all ranked ordered exactly the same and, and the go, no go line is in the same place, not much more to discuss. But what you want to hammer out is you want to get consensus. Again, if you're doing this yourself, obviously it's just you, but let's say you've got your foreman and your mowing foreman is in there and you say, okay, who, who's the consensus candidate? All right. Now, Next step is for the consensus candidate, I would call them. I would call them 
almost immediately. The second the decision is made, you want to start the onboarding process very quickly because I'm, a lot of my landscaping clients, uh, if they go two or three days between when they made the offer and when they start onboarding them, they've lost people. Now you could say, well, good, that you lost the right person. Uh, yes or no. So I want to do basically, once we make a decision, I'm going to call them personally and say, wonderful, you have the job. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to come in tomorrow. And tomorrow what we're going to do is you're going to work a half day tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to do a walkthrough. And we'll, in, the next, uh, in, in the next article for next month's uh, Green Industry Pros, what we're going to do is we're going to go through that onboarding process. But what I want to say about it is you want to do it almost immediately, bring them on board. Now, for the other people who you have passed, I wouldn't say anything for a day or two. In other words, let's say that today's Tuesday, you told all of them Friday, you make the decision, you're going to hire the first guy on the list, you're going to bring him in Wednesday. Why have I not said anything to the other people that are acceptable? Is that this guy may not show up. Or on the onboarding process, we may go, you know what? especially if we've got to do drug testing, uh, your analysis, uh, or, and mostly in the landscape business, we get somebody killed, is we check on the driving record, and we find out that they're not insurable. Now, if i got a truck with three guys in it, and one of the guys can't drive, maybe I can live with that. i got a truck with, with two guys that can't drive, uh, that's an issue, because what happens if the foreman's out that day, am I going to go drive the truck? No, I don't think so. At least, I hope not. And so you want to get him in, but knowing that you also got some bandwidth because if he doesn't show up, he doesn't work out, then you can call number two on the list and say, hey, congratulations, and never tell them that they were number two and not number one. For the person that didn't make the cut, and we talked about this in the last article, uh, last podcast, is for that individual, for those people on that list, you want to send them an email and you want to say thank you very much for your time. We very appreciate you coming in. It was wonderful meeting you. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And then what you want to do with that individual is you want to say, "Hey, look, we have other positions here um, that are that you are probably that are better fits for you. Um, may I keep your uh, may I keep your documentation on file? And can I call you when those opportunities arise?" And I'm being sincere about that. Now I'm not just trying to be nice to them because it could be that this person wasn't a fit for this position. They may be a fit for something else. Okay. And who knows, you may actually, because you now you're down to warm bodies, you may actually have to come back to them. So that's how I would handle that. And once you're done is um, now you're ready to set up the process. So let's see where, where we've been here uh, with this podcast. We talked about the four articles we've done in the series, and that's basically what's your brand in the market, because that's, that is driving who would even consider working for you. How do I look at the job to make sure that I understand completely what's required of it so that when I say, this is who I want, uh, I actually have gotten, <laughs> I'm actually going to be trying to attract the right person. Um, number three is that how do I, you know, how do I write that ad that attracts people that brings them in that I get the right people? Number four, how do I look at job uh, resumes? How do I sift through those to go, this is good, this is bad. Because what I want to do here is I don't want to waste any time in the interview. You only want to interview people who have a shot at getting hired. Anybody else? Uh, to, you know, send them an email and thank them. And then finally, 
what we covered here today in this show was, all right, I've got a list of candidates. They all appear to be good matches. They all appear to be able to do the job as it's been defined in the position description. And they appear to be good matches for the company. Now let's go find out and let's do it in a way that I do not play my hand so that they don't, so they know, they don't know what they should say to get the job. And I can get something that resembles the truth so I can make a better decision. And so how do you set up that interview? How do you conduct that interview? And then how do you make some of the uh, decisions around that after the interview is over to pick a a winner, so to speak, and how to reach out to them? And so, and then what we'll do next month is we'll talk about, all right, it's tomorrow. They're coming in. How do you onboard talent? What's the quickest way to get them up to speed as fast as you can and align their expectations of what the job really is and what the organization really is? And the better job we can do here in the first couple hours, uh, the, the better this person is going to perform initially, and probably the longer you're going to be with it, uh, they're going to be with you. And so look for that article. That'll be out. Uh, this article here will be out uh, this month in Green Industry Pros Magazine. And of course, if you're if you're on the uh, Bob Talk Radio site uh, for Owner Life, and what you can do is you can click any of those and get that. And so with that, what I'd like to say is thanks for listening. Uh, if you've got any questions, the best the best thing you can do is go to the Greenmark Group. Um, we are a consulting firm dedicated to the landscape industry. Uh, predominantly, most of our clients are under a million dollars in revenue, and they're business owners that number one want to maximize the capacity. What I mean by maximize the capacity is that uh, what they're looking to do is they get X number of resources. Are we getting all the work out of the resources? That, that's men. That's material. Um, uh, that's equipment. In other words, if I have the ability to make uh, $10,000 a week in terms of I look at all my stuff, am I making $10,000 a week? And if I'm not, what does it take to get there? Once I've done that, then what's the potential to grow the company? How big can we get without a lot of outside money, a lot of investment capital, uh, loans? In other words, how do I take the sales that are coming in and use that to grow the company to the next level? And typically, you can get 25% growth a year over the next three or four years without going out and getting any loans capital if you understand how to grow the business. That's our second piece. And the third one is what happens when you top out and you're going, okay, without an infusion of money, that could be getting a business loan or you know, et cetera, but I really want to take this business to the next level. How do I do that? And so how do I renew the company? And then basically we start over. Then we're back to maximizing capacity, uh, growing it until it can't grow anymore, and then renewing it again, and it kind of becomes this cycle. And so that's what Greenmark is about. And so it would be Greenmark Group. Just you know, Google it. Go to the site. You can check us out. Um, I handle most of the consulting and uh, coaching operations uh, there, and it'll give you some details on our business. So with that, what I'd like to do is say thanks a lot for listening. you got any questions, you know how to, you know how to reach us. And uh, with that, have a great day business day.